0: Cradleline Network. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy?
1: Caught in a
0: landslide. No escape from reality. Boran, though, Girthlets. My name is Conrad, and this is alongside my friend Fox, see. and this is the. 247th episode oh, of god. Space Spinner 2000 a podcast where one American and one Wonder Horse try to make sense <laughs> of the UK's own Galaxy's greatest comic 2000 AD <laughs> one month of frogs at a time ah you forgot that you wanted to be called Champion the Wonder Horse in a recent episode but I remember <laughs> god damn it this episode, Fox, we're getting silly a little bit because we're throwing all of that prog stuff out the window. Just uh, throw yeah. it on the e- ground, e- You Fox. know what? We've,
1: we've ultimately decided, like, why why continue after 246 episodes to go through all of the galaxy's greatest comics one month of one month of progs at a time when we could just uh, read some schlock?
0: <laughs> Come on, it's fun. No, but um, we are taking a break for Frogs this time because we're going to be talking about one of the most special of special editions the Batman judge Jed crossover Judgement on Gotham
1: hell, yeah, when I said schlock, I meant it's all schlock, but this is super schlock i'm this is such a treat, Conrad, it's such a little gift from the heavens,
0: so, mwah, thank you very much Conrad very exciting yeah, i'm I'm super stoked about this one, Fox, that's why you know, while I know it's been a long time since um. You've been on here for a special edition. I knew I had to get my buddy. Um, um, I'm going on this thing. So before we get started, yeah. I, yeah, I wanted to ask you just your high level thoughts on uh, on on the Batman. What are your what are your bat pinions? He's all right. Um, bat I think, I think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, so like you know, I I like most of my exposure is obviously. Um, like I, I didn't read a lot of early Batman or anything. Fuck, I, I haven't really read all that much Batman, to be perfectly frank. So, like, mm-hmm. the animated series was, like, a very large thing for me. I loved that um, particular show. Obviously the movies, um, Killing Time, for God's sake. Ah. Um, killing
0: Joke, you mean.
1: Or Killing Joke, excuse me. Um, and uh, like, Batman Beyond. Again, it, it. I like, I grew up you know what are we like five years apart or something like that yeah. right where um i was a lot more on the cartoons as they suddenly got good enough like they, they weren't <laughs> bad um but i also you know as a kid especially with like your nick at nights and things like that i was watching um uh 1960s batman right uh All shark right. repellent etc and yeah. So I think it's interesting like that there is a gamut of like Batman as he was to Batman as he is now, right? Um mm-hmm. because certainly like Batman wasn't a dark and edgy figure as far as I can tell. Certainly like off of, you know, um bang whack whammo. <laughs> like that's yeah. not that's not like your, your edgy character. Um and this there's there's definitely some of that. But you know, when I think of like things like the animated series that's the batman i think of um Mm -hmm. but over time gotten much edgier gotten a lot weirder i remember there being a comic book i saw in a 7-eleven once where he like definitely is a vampire or giant like eating people bat and he like kills the (laughs) joker it's a bunch of stuff like i don't even know what it was called and i was like what the fuck like what is this because when i think of batman I really I don't think of haha villains, I think of but I also don't think of you know uh, you know Batman Begins and all that. Uh, I'm somewhere. Mm -hmm. This is this is gonna this is gonna hurt me a little bit. I think of more like Batman and Robin the movie. (laughs) Like that's my that's my all time favorite Batman style where it's just oh man it's a little it's a little silly. One liners are apparent there you know gotham is a dark place but but with like interesting set pieces and interesting characters that are way over the top um
0: mm-hmm. whereas
1: like having you know um i i don't know i think like when it goes dark and gritty it feels like such a natural thing to it but i think that it loses some of the like the schlocky fun that i'm kind of more used to right like clayface as a character i like do that one straight you know <laughs> That's that's my takes. <laughs> sure. How about how about you, Conrad? Like, what's your takes oh, man. on the batted man?
0: Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think for me, um, I feel like I'm a, you know, as I always say to people's increasing doubts, like I'm not really a huge comic book guy myself. Um, but what I am, I I am mostly a Marvel guy. Like yeah. like I've read a ton of Marvel stuff. So bat. So. So by this very nature, sort of Batman's kind of outside my wheelhouse as the rest of the Bat family is and stuff. Um But he has a place in my heart, I guess, just because I feel like reading some of the like big archetypal, like often like a Frank Miller, like Batman yeah. stories, like uh, Dark Knight Returns or, ye- <clears throat> or Year One – and then some of the other sort of fancier boutique stories like, uh, like Arkham Asylum by Aaron Graham Morrison or other things like that. Um, Long Halloween, those kinds of things. These sort of more prestige Batman stories, uh, Nightfall also, I guess, where he breaks his back and stuff. Um, like reading graphic novels of those. I, I vividly remember reading graphic novels of those in the San Francisco main library. Oh, when I was wow. it like? My early twenties, and I wasn't really doing anything um sort of flunking out of college the first time or whatever man and that's awesome those those really were my on ent- were my entrance into reading uh comics as sort of a grown up mm. basically that's oh, so awesome because of that sort of batman like and and sort of that concept of that kind of like hey, like, let's sort of iterate out from the you know, from Batman being, like, sunny and fun to being this kind of, like, dark antihero or something like that. Like, that concept of Batman and that sort of – and the storytelling around that holds holds a place in my heart is what I want to say. Aww. Like, it's what – it's even if it's not what I stayed with, it's what got me in. So, I kind of have some nostalgia for it and stuff. And that's very much this era of Batman that we've got here right now. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, So I'm excited about this. I I think
1: that the premise is definitely interesting where it's like, you know, the the good man vigilante, you know, sense of justice, but uh, not in the system. Um, compared to all system all justice all the time
0: <laughs> yeah like i i i think I literally have a joke about it in my uh in my recap coming up but it 's very much um this is very much the battle between uh lawful neutral and chaotic good if you want to get kind of r p g about it basically yeah. But yeah, so I think so, so. I'm I'm pretty excited about this one again. Like I'm not the greatest Batman fan, but um, I do like the character, of course. And um, this is the, and this excited just because sort of Judge Dread getting into into the American mainstream a little bit, which I always appreciate. So. uh let me talk a little bit about the history of this comic here, Fox. Okay. Just sort of...
1: that, I'm excited. Because, like, how the hell do you even get this happening?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, there's always a... Especially as we're... You know, this... So, so this comic came out in December
1: 1991.
0: Mm-hmm. And... You know nineteen ninety one we're very much in the midst of this concept of like, oh yeah, things gotta cross over, you know, ah, uh, yeah, it's going to like comics are crossing over we're at, we're we, we, we basically reach the point now where every comic where where all the comic com- where both d c and Marvel are basically like every summer we're selling comics by having big team up events and things like you know across multiple <laughs> comics and stuff like that. Mm um eventually i guess culminate in the amalgam universe in 1996 when dc and marvel all crossed over and things got weird but anyway um but so there's this move to cross over and like oh like why shouldn't you know my favorite my favorite characters should you know meet each other and fight a little bit and then team up for a larger thing like that's just sort of
1: feels like a standard progression
0: exactly and even if they're in different companies and stuff so my understanding is that there's always, especially among the creatives, there's always been a desire to have to have a to, ha- to have a uh, a Batman dread crossed over by the creatives. But like you know, before this, in the olden days, the, uh, the 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 old gray suits at IPC, you know, who I feel like whenever we see them talked about in like Thrill Power Overload or the Mighty One, these books about like the olden days. There are always these like patricians who hate the comic book industry, <laughs> and you know, despite the fact that they're that that they're like the bosses of the comic book industry, they hate it, and they rejected all the possibilities, crossovers and team ups, probably like, because it would, it would make the. <laughs> You know, it 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 make the uh, the writing in our town get big heads and start asking for like a small piece <laughs> yeah. for their work. God forbid that
1: your most successful comic book actually reaches new heights and potentially just gets you more money um when you could just stomp on the proletariat.
0: Yeah, listen, I gotta I gotta stomp on these proles, buddy. Come on. God um, no. Later, sort of, and I think this might have been either towards the end of Max of, of IPC owning two thousand eight or at the start of when Maxwell bought it. Mm-hmm. There were there were discussions about doing an Alan Moore, Brian Ball and Batman Dread crossover, Um, but that fell through as well. Not the least of which because Moore had never really written any Dread, and you can imagine John Wagner and and Grant being like, "Hey, like you know, come on, you can't like just we- give our."
1: Yeah, we're gonna our character write. It. Away.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and stuff like that. Um and you know, there's a there's sort of a legend that came out of that that the script for the comic, the killing joke, was actually originally a dread. Batman like cross like oh. that, that that was a Judge Dredd script that had been sort of then massaged into a Batman script basically
1: I feel like you've mentioned this to me before
0: Well I I have talked about it a little bit because that's not actually true like the script wasn't a Dredd script or anything like that but um it is true that sort of Alan Moore and Brian and sort of doing some initial talks about doing a Dredd script a a a, a, a Dredd Batman script that fell through led to them being like, well, hey, like, you know, we kind of know each other now. We've talked to each other bat manly, Like, why don't yeah. we do, you know. They, and that sort of led to the Killing Joke, basically. But it's not a dread, it's not an adapted dread script. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> I think there were also talks about Alan Davis, the author, um, um... Also, of Alan Moore and Alan Davis doing work, and that would, that that's that's what led to the Bat Mugger story, which had a very Batmany feel. Oh yeah, um, and that was sort of a, some test start for it, just to kind of see if Davis, who had drawn Batman but hadn't drawn Dread, could kind of you know combine those two characters together and stuff. But didn't really go further than that. It's not until Maxwell bought 2000 AD and sort of started working on that that we finally get this crossover. So here we are. So 1991, Fox. Nice. I sort of I did some research on this a little bit. I got I got pointed out on tw- I like I basically just went on Twitter and asked people like Listen, like I don't know nothing about a chrono- a, a chronological Batman. Someone tell me what's going on in Batman in 1991, please. Uh, and got some decent answers. Cool. 1991, Fox. It's kind of a year before the year, I guess, for Batman. Or that's what it seems like okay. to me. I guess. Um, the actual comic spent a lot of time with Batman getting addicted to, and, um, and then detoxing from the, from the drug Venom, which would eventually oh. lead to Bane and things like that. Holy um, shit. And then also, um, we also, uh, uh, the third Robin, Tim Drake had a big showdown with the Joker in his own solo series and stuff. Um, Damn, no doubt. 1991's. Also, the end of uh, Alan Grant's run on Batman, oh. um, with a uh, 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 Doug Modick taking over, and uh, John Ostrander on Detective Comics. Thanks, Judge Anon, for th- for that information. Um, definitely, like I don't know what's going on, but anyway, um, probably most important for the greater culture, though Fox is that in nineteen 19- that nineteen ninety one is when they started filming. For Batman Returns, the second God uh, Tim Burton, M- Michael Keaton movie, you know, with uh, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito and stuff. Ah oh, man, Penguin yeah. was so good. Definitely, yeah, and so but so that becomes a big deal, Fox, the the filming of the movie because it would come out in 1992, of course, and um, you know, obviously that movie would made a lot of money, had a lot of popularity the Batman. 1982 is also when the animated series came out as well. Hmm. Um, just all this stuff. Um, but because of that, the release of that movie basically caused DC to sort of put down a hard cutoff for starting intercompany crossovers.
1: Oh, okay. They said
0: like after this date, we don't want to have any more crossovers between Batman and non-DC stuff. Well, I so, mean, yeah, they're
1: they're about to get a shitload of new
0: readership. Exactly, yeah, and so, but because of that, I need you to remember that Simon Bisley, the author for this, mm-hmm. has some trouble with deadlines, right? Like we've definitely seen <laughs> okay. that in ABC Warriors. We've seen it in in uh, Slain the Horn God. You know, Bisley puts in some amazing art. But it's art – but, you know, it's often also like, hey, like, we've got to take a break in the middle of this story or in ABC Warriors, like, we've got to specifically have, like, half of the comic be drawn by somebody else because he just right. takes – you know, he, he, he's a great artist and great and, – and art takes time, you know. Yep. And so there's, like, stories about Steve McManus, like, throwing Simon Bisley into ice baths to keep him awake because he's working <laughs> so hard – like doing the painting oh for this God. comic and stuff. That when it was finished, they had to like give it to a guy who had, uh, who was like, who like see who like they knew was flying to New York City. Like they had to like basically like do like a a mad road race across England, uh, like to Dublin, to then give it to a guy who was going to New York that day. Getting it, you know, and have him hand deliver the, pa- the 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 pages to the printers with hours to spare before sort of the cutoff for this comic coming out and stuff.
1: Oh my because god,
0: greatness! If they didn't get, it, yeah, if they didn't get it printed like right at that time, like the deadline would come down, and who knows when they'd be able to to get DC to let them print the 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 you know to make this comic again? It could be years, you know. But oh so, my god, very that's awesome getting stuff out. Yeah, it's a, it's a cannonball crazy story. run,
1: but for Judge Dredd and Batman.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think and I think this is also why this something that's a little inter- that was a little confusing to me, but um it's also why this December 1991 is the same month they also put out the first issue of a Batman versus Predator like c- crossover with, the, ah. with with that movie. Um, okay. The first volume of that was written by uh, by Dave Gibbons, you know, the ar- artist of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, various things, writer of War Machine, artist for the uh, battles that Bat Election placed Air of Dan Dare, among so many other things, you know, certainly <laughs> Watchmen, etc. Um, but it seemed like that like that like both of these like big uh, intercompany crossovers were kind of getting in at the, at the same uh, deadline under the wire for that, basically.
1: God, that's a real nemesis there for you. It's exciting, for the you old know.
0: Batman, yeah. But so this comic's pretty well regarded. It sold over half a million copies. Um, it's one of DC's top-grossing comics of the year. Thanks to Martin Price for sending me some sales data for DC for 1991 as well. Um, and it's sort of, and I, and this story, it, you know, it picks up from Necropolis and especially hmm. from the uh, from the Young Death story in the magazine. Yeah. Oh, I should say uh, thanks for John Caro for set, for telling me about Batman vs. Predator in 1991 as well. Thanks everybody for helping me out. But um, but so it picks up from this stories, and also it's written by Alan Grant, and John Wagner. So just so you, know, so this is a canonical Judge Dread story. Like this is not a dream or a fake thing. This actually happened in the Judge Dread timeline.
1: No, oh God, that's so great.
0: <laughs> just FYI,
1: that's I so tried fantastic. To f-
0: I tried to figure out whether it was canonical with Batman, but answers are it's cloudy. I guess they never, definitely never, really referred to it again. And like, um, you know, so much of it's self-contained. I mean, who knows? You know, the Scarecrow's probably in and out of Arkham Asylum, Arkham Prison, constantly. Yeah. And. you know, and plus, of course, the secondary fact is like that this – because it's in 1991, this is like four complete universe resets ago in DC or whatever. So, you yeah.
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Got it's lost. It's sort of
0: – yeah, whether it was canonical, it's surely been lost in the shuffling and reshuffling of reality since then. You know, sad but true. They <laughs> can't all – they can't all deal with the weight of 40 years of continuity the way that judge Dredd can i guess you know for I better, better or worse
1: that man uh, that man will never forget <clears throat> trust me you're, you he's got a life sentence coming
0: yeah never forget to kill all right wow <laughs> okay fox oh. so with with that
1: buddy oh, are we going to talk about this oh my god it's such a gem and a treasure
0: Let's get going with Thrill One: Judgment on Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, guess God. it's the it's, only thrill.
1: I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm, it's just going to be really hard to choose what our top and bottom is.
0: I feel like, yeah, listen, it's going to be a whole thing. I feel like we just just gonna have some high level thoughts at the end or something like that. Uh, <laughs> script, script robots: John Wagner and Grant. Art robot: Simon Bisley. Lettering robot: Todd Klein. Ooh, American letterer, get out of here.
1: Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I prefer my letters uh, framed.
0: <laughs> oh shit! All right, so the comic starts. It's good. We, we we got a pretty sweet cover by Simon Bisley. Um, Fox, I gave you parts of the uh, of the big collected omnibus edition. So I think you actually have yeah. a cover by Mike McNola from the next collection. But like on the opening page of Judgment on Gotham, there is a mm. um, a reproduction of the um of very the full dark, cover of very the original scoochy. one. Yeah, yeah, Simon Bisley cover, of course. Um, and very much what's the staple of these Batman Dread crossovers. Dread's on his bike, riding that lawmaster. Firing his gun and his bike cannons as Batman swoops down behind him, eyes glow in red. His cape taken up like half the page. Good times. Yeah, and I love
1: I love how he deals with light as just being these like strands with like splatter on them. It's it's just really beautifully stylized, and that's. I'm just going to patently say right now, assume that any panel of all of this comic we're about to talk about is breathtakingly awesome. But there's one, maybe two to three in particular, that I'm going to very much focus on for no reason. No reason whatsoever,
0: Conrad. There's a couple definitely great ones in here as well. Definitely. Okay, so (laughs) the bat symbol fox. It merges into the faces of two young lovers making out on the street. It's like that um, optical illusion that's like a vase. Oh, yeah. And then two people, or like the two angry men in the maple leaf on the Canadian flag but or whatever. in this case, it's two hot young bodies. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> but then suddenly the clawed hands and grinning face of Judge Death with his sewer grate slash pence piece eye guard appear. Oh, God. Hello young lovers i have come to judge you
1: man he slaps this lady away and then jams his entire arm through the grundle of the man and out through his back
0: mhm yeah the um bizley's really taken the uh, like judge death kills you by sort of jamming his hand inside of you and it's getting a little bit blo- uh, bloodier here in this one for sure <laughs> yep <laughs> he gleefully rips them apart but their screams are heard by the goddamn Batman. And
1: God, <laughs> the wings on his car are so huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bisley draws a really insane Batmobile. You know, it's got kind of a kind of a kind of a wangy front and then big old wings coming off the back for sure. Oh yeah. But then we find then we see Batman himself standing artfully on the side of a s of a skyscraper. I wanna talk briefly about how Bat- about how Bisley draws Batman here, Fox. Oh yeah. You know he's going full uh, TV show gray and blue for Batman, mm-hmm. um, and of course, be, be, besides just the hyper muscul- you know the uh, the hyper male musculature and stuff like that. Bisley also draws the uh, the ears on Batman's it's cowl, huge, just gigantically. Like <laughs> they sort of start the same length as his skull and kind of go from there, basically. I mean they're they're like giant knives. It's so cool. Definitely. So Batman le- leaps into action as some Gotham cops arrive on the scene, and they co- the-, the cops are in like a sports car. Bet like Bisley goes crazy with all the cars. I mean, in this like it's not it's not a big deal, but everybody like because you just don't see him that often. But like the cop the cops car has a
1: spoiler on
0: it. Yeah. The, the- The cop is like like a Porsche with a spoiler. Later, someone catches a taxi and it's got a gigantic like muscle car, like a motor in the front of it and stuff like that. Like crazy vehicles here.
1: So to be clear, one of the cops that comes out of this car is holding a giant machine gun while smoking a cigar.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty solid. And he goes up, opens fire on death. Of course it does nothing. Death sentences this guy, Officer Murph, to death. And the other cop is in trouble until of course Batman comes jump kicking in. Flying kick to the face. Yeah. Batman and Death tussle, ending up with Batman Judo tossing death onto the spikes of a wrought iron fence. Pretty yeah. solid goot shot by Batman as he does, just for the <laughs> record
1: the cooch and like batman literally it's two panels he's like i killed that guy that's not okay man i didn't mean to kill him like really feeling real bad about it yeah Bruce is broken up about it
0: yeah until death himself just kind of comes back awake pulls himself off the fence and starts coming after the, the Cape oh, crusader <laughs> some gas from a nearby car i guess spills out and it spills out yeah and Inadvertently set on fire by but gun fo- by gunshots from the other cop, causing a big explosion that catches Death right in the face. Burn you, freaker! Says a cop. <laughs> and Death, <laughs> reminding us, of course, that you can't kill that which does not live, escapes in fear in spirit form, leaving his burnt body behind. Pew.
1: It's all pretty mm-hmm. crazy. What you say? Oh, well, you only death well. Well, I know you did.
0: Doesn't even make sense when you set someone... one. whatever. Um, (laughs) Batman does his thing, investigates Death's body, finds a fancy gizmo on his belt, then fiddles with it, and finds himself (laughs) in Mega City One.
1: You know, Batman, the man with a giant computer underneath his house, crime lab thing... You'd think, like, fiddling with a belt, whatever, to figure... It just it seemed like I know it, it was apropos of nothing. Like, you had to kind of get him there. Um,
0: now nah, come on. Step one, fiddle with it at the scene. Step two, bring it home for the Bat-Pewter. Po- <laughs> bat that's how it works.
1: Uh, that's fair. I, I'm just saying if it was a bomb or whatever, you know, he would have been fiddling with it and exploded.
0: Well, you know, but yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. Listen, But then you couldn't have
1: a dope-ass scene with a giant man with a robo-arm and a beautiful skull cap. And oh, my God, I'm so happy.
0: (laughs) Batman's got a hands-on approach. Yeah, we get this amazing full-color page of Batman standing on a rooftop being overwhelmed by the bustling sci-fi cityscape of Mega City One Below. But then he gets a tap on his his shoulder and a bock on his chin, and it's by God, mean machine.
1: You know, what's funny is that uh, Terry McGinnis is not going to have a problem with that hellscape of a city, because that is Batman Beyond.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Batman's like, why am I young here? I should be old with a cane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Mean Machine. So, sorry, Batman tries to talk sense as Mean Machine just explains what his dial does of introducing himself to (laughs) American audiences, essentially.
1: It's 100% how he normally... I mean... I know he's introducing himself to American audiences. It's also how he explains himself to British audiences every time he yeah. shows so. up.
0: Well, mean, you know, mean likes that dial, man. He likes to talk about it, basically. Guys, it's a
1: very important accoutrement.
0: Yeah. <laughs> accoutrement. Yeah. So he says that the dial does and that he's teamed up with Judge Death to use Death's dimension hopper to take over the city and possibly the universe. Batman wants answers, but Mean just um, wants the D jumper, so he goes up to two and starts headbutting.
1: Oh yeah! But luckily, I mean, <laughs> he's already gotten hit once, I think, by Mean uh, in well, a cheap shot. Well, that was a shot. sucker
0: punch. Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, Batman, Bawk
1: me once, shame on me. buck me twice,
0: shame on uh, on me.
1: Oh, <laughs> ooh.
0: But yeah, Batman, master martial artist, etc., blah blah blah, smoothly dodges out of the way a mean machine, but then um when Meme Machine's butts take him off the side of a building, he then goes to catch him because, you know, Batman, he'll save you if you go to – like if yeah, you. He's not going to let you just die. if you go to off the side of a building. I mean, well, you know, I think we've definitely all seen times when Batman has not been super fast to catch somebody going off the side <laughs> of a building with the old, um, well, I, I got a code, so I didn't kill him, but the ground certainly did kind of thing. We've seen this, but you know I- Meme Machine. Machine well enough to to do that this time. He also doesn't know me Machine well enough to know that Me Machine's effectively immortal, so he catches up at Me Machine. There's some I mean, pretty funny p- stuff here where Meme Machine's like, Don't Don't you rescue me! If I want to be rescued, I will ask to be rescued. Thank you very much. I will That's ask
1: to be rescued. <laughs> Let
0: go of me. Stop rescuing me.
1: Stop <laughs> assuming how I want to live
0: my life. Uh, exactly. God, Buck, crazy. and at this point Judge Dredd arrives and shoots Batman's grappling hook wire down and stuff In- a- bum
1: bum bum bum
0: <laughs> There's a struggle where Me Machine gets the D-Jumper and escapes back to Gotham and Dread shows up and is just like just what's what the, the hell is shit going on here? Get out of him. Well, well, well no, 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 cuz I want to I want Listen, don't jump ahead, Fox, cuz I want to I want to play out this whole scene, all right? Because he wants to know Dred wants to know what's going on. He tells Batman, he basically puts his cuffs on the end of his day sticks and tosses up to Batman and says, "Hey, cuff yourself. You're going downtown." And when Batman refuses, Dread just starts day sticking him in the day sticks him in the face, puts him in an arm bar, demasks him. You ain't tough, Batman. You got your ass kicked, buddy. That's just how it is. <laughs> demasks the bastard. In the, that's his opening move. Something none that's... of the villains in in Gotham ever thought to do. <laughs> they knock out Batman just... all the time, and they never take his mask
1: off. Man, Judge Shredd is just like, this goon is going downtown. Get this dumb shit off of him and get an H-Wagon.
0: He has no respect for your protocols, you know? Nope. Meanwhile, in Gotham, um, the surviving cop is reporting what just happened to his boss. When Mean Machine warps in, butts him, flips his car over, (laughs) and heads off (laughs) into the night.
1: Uh (laughs) Where... Where like on the on the actual police scanner or whatever, like the the radio, you know, because he was like, oh god, there's this guy with a fucking thing on his head and he's got a giant metal arm. And he gets bucked, and he's like, you're you're suspended, who or Coogan? You hear me? Suspended.
0: You're Get out of here. Back in Mega City One, Judge Sandra <clears throat> By just a- Anderson.
1: Just to just to <laughs> interlude here, and for no particular reason, um the next page and a half are some of my favorite art scenes.
0: Oh my. Yeah. She gets the and call. I'll to never come mention down it again. <laughs> and help with the Batman situation. She answers she takes the call while only wearing a G string and some artful shadows over her judge bod yeah i mean
1: it's uh it's a lot to take in what i do like is that you know again because she's still this comical character she picks up the phone before it rings and then is like oh god damn it and then sets the phone back down waits for it to ring and then picks it up
0: yeah and like she's like yeah okay i'll come down and handle the batman situation and they're like "The how did you know <laughs> like dude Like, I'm psychic, all
1: right? I'm Cassandra Anderson, and I guess I just sleep basically nude. Yeah. You know, you gotta get out of that judge costume. I mean, if, well, so that's the thing, it's like, then we have point of fact, it's not just the helmet that uh, blocks your psychic uh, waves or whatever, your Kabbalah stone crap.
0: Something we've definitely seen like this bedroom that Anderson has before, oh, at least yeah. in a special. I think, like, I definitely know there's at least one like uh, Judge Red mega special or something where Anderson's visited by something in her dreams and we see her like in like a nighty in her bed and she's got oh, like a yeah. judge, like, stuffed animal or something like that. You know, like <laughs> a, she's a, got a, a sense of humor, definitely living it up. <laughs> so, in holding. In the interrogation rooms, a fat judge tells Dredd about how Mean manages, managed to free, managed to get himself free while he was doing a work release at the Tech 21 building, (laughs) which we'll recall is where Kraken opened the gates to the dark judges in the, in, in Necropolis. Mm. And so this explains how he's loose, even though I think, you know, most recently we saw him in Travels with Shrink, where he ended up back in prison and stuff like that. It's just FYI. Um, Dread questions Batman, and the Cape Crusader says he's done nothing wrong. Though Dread, of course, <laughs> mentions that just the contents of his utility belt are enough to get 15 years. And that's before oh, we so start great. talking about the vigilanteism. And he is, <laughs> I mean, not into vigilanteism. <laughs> no, no, no. Dredd tries to explain that this is a lawful, neutral world to which Batman responds with chaotic good arguments. And things are going nowhere <laughs> until Judge Anderson shows up. And um, she
1: just chews the scenery, man.
0: She's having fun. So Batman uh, karens that he, he hopes she has some authority here. And she then just you know walks up and reaches into Scanna's brain. Um, this leads to a pretty sweet full-page image. I oh, like it a yeah. lot. Just as some... Massive montage of all the Batman stuff including Mm. Many top rogues gallery members We see the Wayneses being killed Like and then even Like characters like Robin and even Dread Are sort of mixed in there as well I I love how they make make the penguin look
1: The penguin has this massively Long nose
0: Yeah I mean, that's definitely the uh, the the comics penguin and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they definitely like sort of yeah use all these kind of cool characters in here. I don't recognize one or two of them, but they're sort of probably current current ish Batman dudes, I guess. Um, and with her, it's just t- at the end saying weird. Yeah, she's like, whoa! Like, this is a whole different comic <laughs> book universe. That's crazy. <laughs> She tells Bats the uh, the low down on Judge Death, and he's justifiably worried about such a monster loose in his city. Both he and Anderson are ready to team up, but Dredd says no way. Batman's doing 20 oh, years for any number of crimes. Yeah, I, I do want to say
1: special mention to the chair that Batman is in, or Bruce Wayne is in during this whole thing, because... He's still Batman. So, well, I, well, his mask is off, so you can't call him Batman right now. I do I never call, like in my recap I don't
0: call him Bruce Wayne once because that's fair I mean never, I guess he never he goes, goes into, into alter ego yeah that's he's just fair, a de-max Batman he's just a Batman who got his ass kicked so he can't wear his mask anymore because he's a wuss so the reason <laughs> I'm a judge you the Homer, I, buddy <laughs> the reason I mentioned the chair is
1: because they very clearly marked it with just old dried blood <laughs>
0: Like, yeah. the interrogation chair
1: is definitely just covered in
0: blood. Yeah, they're not going to, you know, like, listen, I'm sure they clean up That's a pure little blood. bit. You're not going to clean that shit up. I mean, you do a little bit, but like, listen, once there's enough of it on there, like, you just kind of got to accept that this is a bloodstained chair, you know?
1: Yeah, not enough club soda in the world, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, come on. That, plus, it's just a limited budget, you know. Um, oh, God that, and
1: billions of citizens, or whatever, right?
0: Yeah. Dredd also says that, hey, man, Judge Death's loose in another dimension, and that's not my problem. You know, <laughs> so uh, that is that is one of the
1: fairest arguments for this whole thing. Just to be clear, well, that
0: yeah, that in turn sends Batman's off. He breaks free of his restraints. How oh, did you know, jabe
1: punches,
0: punches Dredd in the face. <laughs> you call that justice? And I'll mention. That that punch it looks it's a, it's a very similar look to the old uh, gaze into the fist of dread. Oh um, image, yeah, and you, know? you punch him right through his helmet. <laughs> yeah, when he punched Judge Fear through his yeah, helmet that's and stuff so like that. So great.
1: Oh yeah. Also, good call. I mean, foreshadowing. Fear a, foreshadowing. Good,
0: yeah, definitely. But also, just a good callback to have Batman do this iconic dread image on um, on Dread. You know, um, I should say also apparently. <laughs> In an early version of this comic, like, you can see when Batman punches Dread, it kind of breaks his helmet and stuff. Yeah. And there there was a panel where Dredd was on the floor and he actually didn't have his helmet on. You got a full face shot of Judge Dredd. Whoa. Uh, but that was re, re removed from the comic because you don't show that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Damn. And I'll, I'll mention – Idly, idly, Fox. That Batman, that dread's face was not dissimilar to Batman's face in that image. It's in, it's in throw power overload. I'm just trying to say. Anyway, there you go. um, he. Uh Batman then punched like sort of kicks Dredd a couple times, prepares to sort of get a big beating in, when a few other judges with skulls on their helmets and shoulder pads come in uh, and just commenced to kick in the shit out of the mean, whack, That's whack, the day whack, stick
1: whack, brigade. Whack whack whack, whack. <laughs>
0: And Anderson just kind of turns away like, oh, I can't get through to these guys. Yeah, no.
1: I, although, I mean, I do want to know, because all of the different groups in the Justice Department have their own names. Is this the Skull Patrol, you know?
0: I mean, usually Skulls mean uh, the SJS Department. I don't oh, think that's them. Yeah. I think this is just sort of like like high-level security or like, like some sort of elite team or something like that. I don't uh- know.
1: <laughs> you know what? They're not even day sticks right now. These are uh, these guys exclusively use night
0: sticks. Oh shit! <clears throat> yeah, that's
1: I'm on one got the better skulls. than the other.
0: I don't know, but um, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I feel like for the record, like Bizley, kind of like uh, Brendan McCarthy, I think um, he's a stylized enough author that he's that he probably just want you know he'll sort of play around with these uniforms a little bit hell more yeah. in ways that aren't fully canonical. You know, I'm fine with that. Put some skulls on that shit and make them beat the fuck out of batted man.
1: Definitely, I'm into this. Also, now we're getting well, into my favorite part.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so at the Gotham City Morgue, a hunchback orderly smokes and pushes a body on a gurney covered in a sheet and stuff. <laughs>
1: very, very good to do that in a
0: morgue full of flammable material. Come on, don't be a don't be a narc, buddy. Uh, <laughs> a, a cop jokes that this must be another heart attack victim. Apparently, there's a lot of those tonight. But nope, it's the god dang scarecrow. Yeah, complete the scarecrow aerosol of a of us of a fear gas. Oh no! Uh, you
1: know, my favorite <laughs> thing is that it's in an aerosol spray can. You know, oh, it's, it's a very nineties
0: so aerosol, as I recall. Like it just sort of like it specifically says that it's bad for the uh, bad for the ozone layer or whatever.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, because, you know, he's got to do, he's got to do the whole uh, uh, counter-planeteers kind of thing, and also be the scared crow. Um, Also, I love his fucking outfit. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's got it's very like kind of like baggy trench coat and big hat and stuff like that, I think.
1: Yeah, I love that they don't like explicitly show his face, but you definitely get the feeling of Scarecrow from his hands and things like that. You do kind of see the mask a little bit, but it's very it's not all that exposed unless he purposefully does it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, his body feels very formless, I think, which is actually pretty like not a standard scarecrow, but a pretty cool like like alternate scarecrow that you can definitely get get an eye about, you know? Mm. Dang, Scarecrow! He makes that cop see his greatest fear, so he runs off. Freeing the Scarecrow and his or- and his orderly, his goon Benny, to plunder the morgue's corpses of brain juices. They're harvesting their adrenochrome, etc.
1: It's real gross, man. I didn't know that that was what he did. He's definitely
0: harvesting brain goo. Just jam a tap into the side of someone's head like it's fucking Stardew Valley and go to town, buddy. <laughs>
1: Is that is that how you think of trees just sucking out their brain goo? I guess that's really I what mean,
0: sap is. Yeah, what? It's you you that's how you get tree goo, which I'm defining <sighs> as sap, man.
1: Man, that's the that does bring a new horror to maple syrup.
0: <laughs> yeah, listen, live it up. That's what I say. Um <laughs> drink that drink that tree goo. <laughs> Bro, I drink all kinds of goos. That's fair. I do. I What's do like juice? my face. What's juice? But fruit goo, buddy. Come on.
1: <laughs> the world is your gooster.
0: Yeah. Come on. You like whatever, man. <laughs> I gotta live. You know. I gotta uh, eat this goo. Yeah. So you gotta shoot your, see- your goo. <laughs> Get it in you. <laughs> <laughs> the sickly stench of, de- of, of good death. Got some there for ya. Sorry, oh, man. Okay, okay that's let's my go. Last let's one. go. <laughs> <laughs> the sickly stench of death draws Judge Death near, observing the bodies all over the morgue. And it's a pretty hilarious part where he's just sort of in a reverie about the nature of death. And then suddenly, <laughs> like, boom! The scarecrow comes up behind him, <laughs> and, gives and, him a spook. and scares him. I love that then Scarecrow and Benny do like a dance because they scared an actual ghost. Like, we did it! We did it!
1: You <laughs> fucking like, nailed it, dude. <laughs>
0: um, and then Death sort of like composes himself, briefly possesses Scarecrow to get the lowdown on the world he finds himself in, and realizes that perhaps they could be of assistance to each other. You know, yeah, standard. Man. Your you Fear, some, I'm Death, I knew a guy like you once. Yeah, like, yeah, Death definitely familiar with this team-up, one can imagine. And, uh, you know, obviously we gotta have these villains teaming up, as well as the good guys sort of about to team up, basically. I'm very glad it was the scared crow. Yeah. Back in Mega City 1, some judges are loading Batman into a van when Anderson comes running up. Oh, she boot smacks hits the, It's a double yeah, boot hits hit. the judges... With a um, van-assisted double jump kick, oh, and then man, uses some of Batman's stun, stun gas to knock him out. <laughs> I love the guys. I love the guys' like expression. He's like, Bleh. Ugh. "Yeah, gas," and then reunites Batman with his kit.
1: Oh, man, they which both... is great because he's got the whole, like, you know, bat cycle wing wind flapping in his cape, except that he's got Absolutely. A, this massive frame of a man has to hold the waist of a psychic with her hair just smashing yeah.
0: him in the face. That's hotter, buddy. It's hotter That's... for the lady to drive the motorcycle.
1: I mean, you know, you'll have no quips with, or quums from this man.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, so they get... Um... He gets dressed up, they hop aboard Anderson's Lawmaster, headed to Gotham, and we get this great, like, sort of totem pole image of um, Anderson riding the Lawmaster, Mm -hmm. Batman riding behind her, and then just a giant, angry face of Judge Dredd above them, like, ooh, I'm angry about this happening. You're going to see all my teeth. And of course, Batman, built for the motorcycle life, is cape uh, flying in the wind awesomely.
1: That's so beautiful.
0: Thank you. Back in Gotham, Death is explaining that he needs Scarecrow to brew up some dead fluid so he can get a new body, and he sends Benny sort of into the hospital to search for some new robes of office.
1: Now we Um, must choose a fit corpse for my spirit. This one is almost and very much well on its way to ripeness. Pour the goo. This ridiculous
0: dale fair voice. Um, but yeah, so he, yeah, he'll get me a new body. I'll show you a whole new world of fear. It'll be great.
1: Um, I'll show you through. a whole new world of fear. Don't you dare close your eyes.
0: I can, I can show you the world of fear, um, etc. cetera. So Death Shops are a new body as Dred gets a call about Anderson and Batman's escape and orders Tech 21 shut down. On the road, Anderson drives like the wind and explains they have to stop Judge Death and that using proper channels to do so will only waste time. Oh, she's got the vigilante spirit. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I mean,
1: I'm not surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah. In Gotham, Mean Machine seems to be just headbutting his way through the entire city. There's just sort of a, a trail of headbutted bodies in his wake as he goes. Oh, and, so,
1: he, and he's just balking everybody.
0: Yeah. He's in a bar, just balking person after person, asking where death is, until finally some geek says that Mean might be looking for, for Living Death, the heavy metal band that's performing <laughs> at Robinson Park at midnight. And he's yeah, like, yeah, definitely that probably not- is what I'm looking for. And I'm going to balk you anyway, just in case you're a liar. Yeah, well, listen, you got to cover your bases. You know, I'm not going to leave mm. these heads unbutted, you know.
1: No, man, <laughs> got to butt.
0: But, yeah, back at the morgue, Death Man just to squeeze into a new, freshly prepared body. <sighs> freshly then, gooed.
1: Then he, I mean, there are two fresh, different yeah. goo vials that are being poured on this corpse
0: yeah freshly death fluided Benny then hands him some motorcycle leathers, and the rest but uh the rest of judge death's costume is harder. He gets a rubber Ugh. chicken for one shoulder and a rack of prime rib for the other, plus a sweet rodeo belt and like a package of poison with death written on it for a badge. Oh, He's not man. super pleased about this like mockery of his usual cool costume you know the the chicken instead of the pterodactyl especially is a tough one yeah um but and so he just sort of kills betty in frustration which is how it goes when you're a goon you know he then prepares to kill scarecrow as you do you know curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal but it's not scarecrow's first rodeo so he his death with the fear gas paralyzing him and we get another great full page image here as we see what drudge death fully fears and it's like visions of my little ponies and cartoon characters and fluffy bunnies and stuff i mean pinocchio in there all kinds of stuff
1: it's red and i like ah i i love it so much because like even Like, in this world, there is a thing that is made by a definitely villain that would mm-hmm. 100% help the rest of the world deal with Judge Death.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fear gas does seem to work to, like, paralyze him and stuff like that. Like, it definitely could be a thing you could do while you're getting the Boeing ready or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So and they and it's not and it's not like they don't actually have fear creating weapons in uh, Mega City One. Like no one thinks to use the fear gun on uh on death or whatever. You know, they just bring out the <laughs> bring out the fire guns. So <laughs> Ian Megacity One, Batterson, which I'm calling this Batman Anderson team up, is yeah. uh, is barreling towards a fortified Tech Twenty One, but all the judges are waiting in a roadblock there. Anderson thinks fast; she jumps a ramp and blows open a wall, dumping them into a city po- into a swimming pool on the floor above Tech Twenty One. So um, we do like an, get. Kind are of these a, a, Tech
1: Twenty One people just
0: like weird lumps, lump people? I know. I think that's just regular me- mega citizens. Like Tech Twenty One is just like the bodega and dentist office on the first okay. two floors of the of the uh, of the of the city block, and then it's just sort of regular apartments and stuff above it. Is my understanding? Got it. Got it. <laughs> that's like a New York City joke, but I'm I'm rolling with it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but there is kind of a funny image of just the two of them, sort of like floating in a pool. Like, yeah. oh, geez, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, you know, she
1: knows where to go. She's got her wherewithal yeah, with her still.
0: Definitely. So back in Gotham, Death is coming back around and is threatened <laughs> yeah. into becoming Scarecrow's assistant uh-huh. as he heads off to cause a massive fear attack at a large gathering of people. And then in Mega City One again, we're jumping back and forth between these two realities like several times on one page. Honestly, um, in. Um, in Mega City One, that uh, Dread approaches Tech Twenty One as um, Baterson threatens the tech to get the warper running. Dread, the other judges arrive just in time to see them disappear. Oh, that just means they you can arrive, follow in yeah.
1: their warp steps.
0: Absolutely, yeah. They arrive back in Gotham as cops and medics are cleaning up the initial site. Anderson, from a vague description, identifies mean machine as that we see that that initial cop being kind of dragged away by, um, into, a, into an ambulance and says he's crazy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, <laughs> as crazy as seeing Batman and a psychic woman warp into your reality. But, you know, whatever. They just think she's
0: some blonde, I'd imagine. You know, they show up around Batman often enough.
1: Yeah, um, that's, that is fucking very true.
0: Batman and Anderson pile into the Batmobile and head off. Anderson's trying to scan Man. for death, but he's been able to block her recently, which has also sort of been going on in the comics.
1: I'm very but, sad that there wasn't like quipping about the car or anything like that, you know?
0: It's true. Yeah, like it, it would have been funny if uh, she kind of talked about how ridiculous the car was. And she's like, have, and Batman could be like, have you seen your bikes or whatever? That'd yeah, be a exactly. Bit of wordplay. But Anderson does find death and scarecrow just as Dread warps into Gotham. And it seems everyone's headed to the living to the Living Death concert tonight, including Dread, as he follows the now after-burning Batmobile, like kind of leaving flaming tire tracks behind. So I,
1: I got a question with the Living Death poster. Yeah, there's a there's a guy on it with, and he's 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 smoking um, a, a dude. Uh, oh, no. And he's and he's got a he's got a little he's got a little pin on it. Just says Lobo. Oh yeah is there is there any connection here?
0: I mean, uh, well, I don't think that guy is Lobo, but I'm, I'm sure that's a reference to the DC character. Okay, I believe I believe Dread like like there's like five of these uh, Batman uh, or of of these uh, DC Dread crossovers. I believe the fifth one actually is a Lobo crossover. Oh, awesome, Lobo, and I think. I think Bisley might have done some Lobo work. Now that I'm thinking about it, or at the very least, he might just like Lobo or something like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, th- like that's probably another an, a, another in joke for sure. I'm just curious. Yeah. Um. So. Oh God, where am I? Yeah. So Living Death has a pretty sweet Spinal Tap stage setup, like a big old. Um, Big old skull and things like that. As you, as like you said, the crowd, oh, they're looking all cool. They're throwing devil horns and stuff like that. They oh man, chant- we're
1: into living death. Wah!
0: Yeah, they chant the band's name as Mean Machine kind of sits in the middle of the audience looking all like bored, waiting for Judge Death to kill himself as Death himself is killing his way through the backstage. Oh God,
1: just putting his arms through all sorts of... Uh... Uh, what is it, just like um, uh, security guards with their little pot bellies, but massive fucking arms,
0: man. Yeah, taking out these teamsters left and right, for sure. Mm. Um, The band comes out on stage. Yo, Gotham! But the lead singer, Johnny, hasn't come out yet because he's being waylaid by Death Crow, which I'm calling the Judge Death Scarecrow Oh team up.
1: yeah, beautiful.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe Scare Death, something like or Judge what? Judge Crow, something. Man. Um,
1: all of those are good choices.
0: Judge Death takes Johnny's guitar instead out and steps out, taking the place of Johnny Death. I mean,
1: keep in mind the way that he murdered him was by shoving his entire hand through the man's mouth through the back of his head. Real good.
0: Oh yeah. Real good murders here. Definitely. He takes Johnny's guitar and steps out. Um, He snags a concert camera and gives it to Scarecrow and, uh, you know, bites the head off of the uh, concert MC. God. Like Common Osborne here. Ugh, it's real weird. And then his lips
1: just get massive and puckered.
0: Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, that's probably because he's getting into form to start singing the song. He's like, "Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm an alien, a super fiend." Like to the uh, to the tune of yeah. "Sympathy for the Devil" from the from the Rolling Stones. And as he sings this, he casually kills the other members of the band and stuff like that. I the like they just like doink. Would- <laughs> definitely yeah the uh, the, good, the good guys arrive at the concert venue as Death has ripped the heads off of at least one band member and mounted on a mic stand and then tossed as another headless body into the crowd as oh. Mean starts pushing his way through he's like that's your death I'm getting my revenge oh yeah
1: <laughs> he's bucking his way through the, just like going through there's a oh man I mean the picture's coming up but there's just like everyone's throwing bottles and stuff at him and punching him in the face and it's just
0: not working yeah. He, he sets his dial up to three and just starts moving through the crowd. Everybody just goes flying around him oh, as he goes. It's pretty like excellent. Like a bunch
1: of stupid
0: bowling balls. That's right. But as he does, the as this happens, the concert staff try to tackle Judge Death and stop him from killing everybody. But he just kills them, too. Meat Machine... <laughs> Butts into the stage. But oh no, his dial gets stuck at four and a half. And he gets goes into an uncontrollable butt frenzy.
1: But then, musical sting.
0: Uncontrollable butt frenzy. It's like me on spring break, buddy. But, oh, uh, but then- wow. <laughs> Bacterson runs into the concert. And while she can't get a shot off because of all the people around Judge Death... Batman gets out his grappling hook and swing kicks Death in the face Ugh, and then so zeroes rad. in on Scarecrow. Shows over. <laughs> Scarecrow, of course, responds with trying to shoot his fear gas, but before he can use it, Anderson shoots the can, exploding it in Scarecrow's face, and he's paralyzed with visions of angry crows coming after him. No mercy! The birds! The birds! No! Don't peck my eyes out! I'm bummed because I wanted him to use this fear gas on Dread and have Dread just not even respond to it as he's done several times yeah. with fear based weapons. I, I
1: really feel like. <laughs> oh, that would have been a good joke.
0: Yeah, but no. Um, I, I guess that would make him be. That would probably make him look too powerful in in comparison to oh, Batman. That's who fair. Will, I mean, will be defeated by fear gas. Yeah,
1: and the fear gas also like hit death,
0: and that was kind of the that was the stinger joke for it, right? Yeah, like you've got to be polite in these kinds of setups, and you know, not just like oh, like oh, something that's been a problem for you. Yeah, it wouldn't not, work on
1: me, pal. Yeah, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not like schoolyard one-upsmanship yes well I have a katana of plus one beating your ass oh well my force field of times two will triple dog
0: dare you into shutting your mouth especially just in terms of the old um um Godzilla versus versus King Kong kind of thing that's dumb Judge Dredd's very much a guest in this comic, and so you know, like you kind of you, you don't want to you don't want to show it uh, show your host up a little bit. Just play um, the game, anyway. King
1: of the Monsters, and everything's fine.
0: Yeah, whatever. Um Meanwhile, Judge Death's using the environment; he's throwing cymbals and guitars and stuff at Batman <laughs> until Judge By- Judge Goddamn Dredd shows up. Finally, God, he. Shoots Death a couple times and tells Anderson to do her thing. But as he does, the stage starts to give way from Mean's constant button down there. He's just hitting supports and stuff. Batman leaps away from the wreckage, but Dredd is trapped. He's less lithe than the King Crusader. Death, seizing the advantage, goes to kill Dredd. But he gets tied up by one of those batarangs with the ropes on him. And then Dredd grabs some loose... Electrical wires and electrocutes oh, yeah. the shit out of good death. <laughs> yeah, go screw yourself. This destroys his body and causes death's spirit to escape. But luckily, Anderson is there and sucks him into her brain, Ghostbusters style.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I
0: didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, she really she's is sure just a ho-
1: ghost trap.
0: Kinda. She's not sure she can hold him for long, and that's when Mean Machine shows up. Luckily, though, all it takes this time is just to blow, is to just shoot him in the head and that'll pop the dial off of his skull, which kind of puts him in rest mode, I guess. Like he just yeah, kind you of, know. Like why they put the dial back on is beyond me, but maybe it's just a temporary rest mode or something.
1: <laughs> well, because, you know, someone's got to be like, well, I'm a new shrink and we're going to make his uh, dial be niceness. We'll go up to four, gentlemanly. Oh, no. It's, if that's <laughs> not a future Mean Machine
0: comic, I don't know what is. You got to think it would be. Um, but yeah. Um, but anyway, the day's saved, and that means it's time for Batman and Dredd to resume their argument from previously. Dredd oh, wants God. to take Batman back to do time in his re- in his reality. They're both spoiling for a fight. But Anderson kind of breaks through, says, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. Batman saved Dredd's life, and come on. And Mean Machine tries to make the standard, uh, oh, it's Dredd who makes us be criminals. Like <laughs> You got to think about it from what the root cause of our insanity is. And Anderson just tells him to shut up. Yeah, But much. not that kind of comic.
1: Because point three, there's a giant... Death, ghost, spirit, rattling around in my brain, and are we really gonna fuck around right now?
0: (laughs) Plus, like, mean machine, you know, the whole angel gang was in Texas City until they stole the Judge Child. You can't blame Dread for all that. Like, he's just a cog in the machine, you know.
1: Nah, man. Uh, Nah, dude. Well, it's 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 mean machine deflecting because, as with most things. Um, This was a nurture problem, right? Like, quite literally, he's never going to blame his father for anything, but it's his father who removed all of his parts and turned him into Mean Machine and pretty much put him on the path of uh, wanton destruction because the man was picking flowers before. And now all he can do is have hate in his heart. So, of course, he's going to turn that hatred of his father onto any sort of authority figure
0: I just love that the uh, does Batman create these criminals through his Batman-ness you know that's the central focus of several Batman stories and Anderson's just like shut up that's dumb let's no, get out oh, of here yeah, no. no it's genius
1: <laughs> I just also wanted um, to have a tirade
0: <laughs> yeah Also, but also she she mentions that they need to get death to a more secure holding facility than her goddamn brain. Exactly.
1: (laughs) We need to get the fuck out of here, boys. So like kiss and make up or just kiss. Just do a little kiss.
0: Dred finally agrees and then hustles Mean and Anderson away, leaving Scarecrow for Batman, of course. Batman watches them prepare to to warp away from the rooftops. And Mean Machine just has one question. This ain't uh, going to affect my chances of parole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got
1: to ask at some point, you know. Might as well do it in the warp because maybe they'll be like, oh, what? You'll be like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, if, yeah. I mean, it never hurts to ask, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and quite frankly, we know he's going to be back. There's never yeah. going to be an end to the Mean Machine.
0: The end of Judgment on Gotham.
1: Oh, Conrad, I really, I got to thank you. It was such a such a lovely time that I had with you here today. Definitely. Um, yeah.
0: So Batman and Dread will ret- will meet again in 1993 in geez. the story Vendetta in Gotham. Awesome. Man, it yeah, was pretty it was cool. really good. So what do you think, Fox? What are what are your, your high level thoughts about this here Uh team up.
1: Uh I mean, I there are no downsides in my mind. Like I I didn't see a singular thing where I would just sit there and be like, "Well, um <laughs> Batman pushes my, you know, glasses up or oh, Judge Dredd, you know, cuz of like whatever. It was just this whole beautiful it, it was just as funny as like, a, you know, kind of a one off dread story usually is, except it was longer, more beautiful, more awesome and had tons of great combat. And also even Judge Death gets affected by fear gas from Gotham City. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm never going to say no to Judge Cassandra Anderson uh, walking around in the near nude. I like I, that, not being base, but, you know, I'm in love with that woman. So uh, come at me. Like, it was just like the whole thing was exactly built for me to enjoy it. It was schlocktastic. Um, <laughs> and like, so here's, here's an ultimate question I have for you, right, Conrad? As I end mm-hmm. my part of the tirade and, and transition to ask you what, how you felt about it. So here's my question does Mm -hmm. so when i call this schlock right it is not meant to be a negative my question is did the story in the whole scheme of everything everything that we've read about judge dread or even know about batman doesn't matter or was it just the most awesome fun water slide you've ever gone down in your entire
0: life (laughs) you know i mean i'll i'll say that it it does matter just because um, this is um, Judge Death getting captured again. Oh, Which sure. was sort of set up, you know, oh, put him in yeah. position for a future Judge Death story. I, mm-hmm. I, as as I, I I imagine, I don't know exactly when he comes back next, but, you know, like, this is sort of, of the final capper of the end of Necropolis and then Young Death, which had um, Judge Death sort of loose in the city and stuff. Sure. So, this is – so it does have connections to the greater Dread story and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, mostly, yeah. I mean, mostly it's just – this is just sort of a bit of fun, like sort of random adventure where you kind of get some top Dread villains mm. and, you know, a decent level Batman villain. Beca- <laughs> which Because you, you don't really need a top Batman villain at this no, point just no. because so much of this story – is dread and Batman themselves sort of clashing? I against mean, those each that's, other, that's the
1: conflict, right? Like that's the driver for almost the entire thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and, and that's going to be the case for the next one as well, as I recall. Cool. Um, it's I much mean, the... more about these two guys clashing than cool. about anything else. Because I, I mean, I think that that's like kind of where you
1: where you take the story anyway. I, I think that it it played it in this way where it f- at least for me it felt like a fucking dread story, right? Yeah. Um and you know, I I don't read that you know any Batman so I can't comment on that end but I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, I mean, how about you, man?
0: How did how did you feel yeah. about it? I mean, I think we definitely do see some bat- some some decent Batman moments in here. I think what what you mentioned when he tosses uh death onto the fence and then kind of like has a freak out, honestly, with um with like the surviving cop about having killed somebody, you know, not knowing that um death was about to resurrect himself and stuff. That feels very Batman y, I mm. guess. Or sort of something that, you know, something obviously that, that that character you know, Batman not killing people is a big part of uh yeah, big part of Batman and stuff. Um but I also think that this was very much like a chance to get dread into this wider audience and kind of talk about, mm. you know, just also go to um, talk about Batman, like, you know, the concept of Batman and stuff like that. You know, Judge Dredd is a cop and he's canonically against vigilantes. So it was interesting to see the two of them sort of be forced to to team up and stuff or at least at least like kind of get out of each other's way, basically.
1: yeah. Ah,
0: oh, man. And yeah, I think, you know, again, I think of this much more, like, I, because I, I do have friends who are really into comic books and stuff. I had one friend especially, um, or I have one friend especially who's into comic books, and like, literally, like, the, these comics, these Batman Dread comics are the only thing he'd seen of Judge Dredd until I sort of started oh, showing him to 2000 AD stuff and things like that. It's sort of, especially, like, before the movies and stuff, I feel like while there were like some best of Judge Dredd comics in the U.S., and they're sort of sending the magazine over there and stuff. Like I don't know, I it was, doesn't capture like the entirety of it in a way. I just yeah, and like honestly, this is a point where I'm sort of I was online and at least occasionally looking at, or not not online, but like not online, like like on the internet, but online. Like I was a, alive and paying and part of American pop culture at this point in 1991. And, um, I just never saw it on like the comic racks when I'd buy comics and things yeah. like that. you know no, that's very true like this is a time when I was like especially like I don't know like, over the summer or something, like I'd sort of buy comic books, and I never saw a judge dread comic like like available and yeah. so um, you know, and so this I feel like for a lot of people is kind of a judge dread. Exposure. I think that's an important thing to see about. So that's why I feel like he kind of. That's why it's more important for Dredd and Anderson to have kind of character moments and stuff.
1: Yeah, Instead of um, in,
0: in, in, instead of Batman, because Batman is kind of the character you know, and Dredd's kind of the new character or whatever. I like um, that. I
1: like. that. I mean, I think yeah. that that's that is actually that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like where you want you want to get kind of your high note characters on there, right? Like they're not. Yeah. They they mention say a, a chief justice, but uh, never never actually go and uh, and see Magruder. You know,
0: yeah. Well, I feel like that also makes the story a little bit more timeless, like yeah. in terms of if you were reading it today and stuff. because It's just sort of Dredd and Anderson, and those are the and like Batman himself. Those those are sort of the timeless characters in the Dredd right. story. You know, um. But yeah, like I like this story a lot. I think it re- like obviously Simon Bisley's an amazing artist, and this. Like sort of yeah, and, and his you know painted heavily stylized um, work really works great for this blend of styles between Batman and uh, and a uh, dread yeah, um, and I think really does a great job of mixing the like a mixing extreme violence with like humor. And just sort of the irreverent (laughs) feeling that we've come to expect from from 2000 A.D. and 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 dread, you know, mixing extreme
1: violence with humor. Yeah,
0: I will say, I feel like to me, this really does this this comic, especially this, maybe for better or for worse, I guess, um, is really the like the exact tipping point of where judge death stops being a really serious character, I guess. Oh, and
1: just kind of goes off rails into being zany.
0: Yeah, like, you know, w- let's keep it in mind for for future death stories, but I feel like between this and young death, um we you know, they've just sort of done, en- you know, had enough jokes at death's expense and stuff like that that he sort of lose that I feel like he's lost some <laughs> of his luster. As a uh, as a scary character, does he become versus... like a Bugs
1: Bunny or something?
0: Not really, but like I don't know. Like I just feel like I feel like they've been honestly they've they've been making some steps, and maybe it's just because a lot of recent Judge Death stories been drawn by this guy Nick Percival, who um like like in in the present day as we're recording this, he's been doing a, a bunch of death stuff, and he's got uh, art that to me has enough of a. Uh, of a, a scary stories to tell in the dark kind of element that it does make death pretty, pretty scary. Oh, okay. Um, but I feel like that's an effort to regain that mystique that had been lost right. over the last c- couple decades before then, sort of in between this story and that, I guess. Huh. Um, Interesting. But I don't know. Um, but so, like, like if I had one complaint, that's what it is. It's just that it kind of makes Judge Death to be a little bit of sort of a, you know, it adds a little bit too much comic relief to Judge Death, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super against that either. Just sort of if I, you know, that's sort of uh, something to mention, I guess. Sure. Um, but yeah. Oh man. But otherwise, I love this story. I think it's really great. You know, I really liked, especially like sort of those early moments where um, where where, where Dread and Batman are sort of exchanging barbs and beating each other up and stuff like that. Those are really fun parts of that story, and exactly what you're looking for with these kinds of superhero team ups. You know, mm. like you wanna you wanna see if not who would win in a fight, then at least what that fight would look like. You know, oh, and. Man. I really like because Batman certainly fought his share of cops over the years to sort of see how he fights with a cop that sort of doesn't have the same, um, <laughs> the same controls or rules that, say, uh, Batman reality cops have, for instance. Um, yeah, but so, mm. man, yeah, a lot of fun. Love this story a lot. Again, like I said, it sold really well. Um, it did like, you know, half a million copies for a lot of God, Americans, especially. This is their God, first. That's
1: so much.
0: It's a, I mean, it, it very much depends on the era for how much it is, you know, like that's sort of the nature of comic books where these days that's like a genre defining bestseller, mm. but in like the 60s, like that puts you on like the bubble of being canceled or whatever. Just, oh. you know, talking about how many people are buying comics because there's nothing else to do, that kind of thing. Oh, that's fair. Um, but yeah, but yeah, again, but I mean, obviously it's successful because it leads to more of these, you know, that's sort of, the that's sort of the, um, the greatest reward or whatever. There's like four Batman Dread team-ups, um, the next, like, and, and they kind of come out every other year, basically, like I think, or actually, uh, yeah, like one's in 93, I think one's in 94, and one's in 95, just in time for the, uh, for the Dread movie. Nice. Um, and obviously, we'll we'll talk about those as we get to them. You know, I think that'll be pretty exciting. Excited. Yeah. I like All this. Right. I'm
1: looking forward to more.
0: Yeah, definitely. It should be fun. Um, awesome. So, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com. On the 2000 forums, are our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, look up Space SpaceSpinner2000. You should find us there. This show is brought to you by Steve Green, Zane Kipmiller, and your friends at the 2000 forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash That's our podcast network. And there you can support the show and receive a ton of excellent rewards, including advanced episodes, Coverage of modern 2018 in the magazine, and even monthly Q&As with Fox and myself. Mm. And then... Come back next time as Dread fights the Flab, we go to war with Farrell, take a few more Hekate heads, finally escape from Bisley Land, do Tai Chi with a universal soldier, and Anderson at last returns to deal with these engrams.
1: God, it's been so long.
0: (laughs) That's right. Get your E-meter ready, buddy. And until then, I'm Conrad, East Fox, and we our space spitter 2000 exploded for three